Hello and welcome to Holy Rollers, your elevator to heaven. I am your host, Crippled Jesus, and with me today is a very special guest, uh, Brother Larry of Sinner Sunday and That Larry Show. How are you doing, Larry? <laughs> Very well, CJ. How are you? I'm managing this. Uh, yeah. This quarantine is harder than it needs to be, and oh, uh, they just they just extended it to May fifteenth. So, God. crazy. It's insane. Um, I I heard that LA is going to open up again. On May 9th. Is that true? Or is that, heard that a rumor? I've not heard that yet, but I really haven't, uh, you know, checked uh, so-called news sources yet this morning. The last I heard was it was down until uh, the 15th. So, you know, but maybe I, I would hope the hell they would because it's ridiculous. It's gotten insane. Yeah, I heard it on my Twitter feed. So I don't know if it's fake news or not, but yeah, I thought it was crazy that a major city like LA is opening up before Michigan, which most right. of our towns are like rural areas and all of that. You have Detroit and stuff, but like there's not as much people compounded in no right. one small place. So I'm kind of surprised yeah. if they would open up LA before they do my state, but would think otherwise yeah but you know but i I actually did an episode a few ones back about this called pandemic of lies and that the avalanche of bullshit that's been coming out of this is it's it's mind-numbing and uh the latest is they said that actually the first case in the country was not up in uh what seattle and a nursing home was actually somewhere in in california and now they estimate that excuse me their uh um their numbers on on the infection rate was like quadruple what they'd anticipated but so many of them are asymptomatic and it's just it's a monkey fuck i don't think anybody know really knows what they're talking about with this i really don't yeah um this is i think a lot of people are doing it like global warming you know all the global warming people say that the world is gonna end Mm -hmm. um but it's definitely a real thing, but I, I do think that the numbers are being overhyped by the media, and that's what led to the shutdown. Oh, yeah. No question. No question. That's do, you mind do. If I, um, do you mind if I say something? I don't want to just hop in and un, yeah. un, uh, introduce, but yeah, so we it is insane what's happening, because I don't think that people, like you said, Larry, actually know what's happening. Like, people no. don't understand how this works, as in... It drives me absolutely bonkers when people are saying stuff like you have to maintain social distancing or else you'll get coronavirus. I'm like, no, you have to have it to give it to someone. It doesn't manifest when people are within six feet of each other. (laughs) It it doesn't work that way. And for example, my county that I live in, 0.0007% of the population has confirmed cases. So... (laughs) Almost no one, uh, right. as in statistically, it's you're very unlikely to have had it. Um, I went to the grocery store yesterday and they required everyone to wear a mask to enter. Yeah. I'm, I'm generally fine with that. Um, but then I go stand in the checkout line. And of course, as do many places, they have the little dots on the ground and they're saying, you know, stand mm-hmm. on the dots, social distancing. So 
basically the back of my heels were on the dot. If that makes sense. Like I'm slightly sure. in front of it. And the, the checker says, uh, sir, could you please take a couple steps back? Yeah. And I'm thinking I'm, I'm six plus feet away from you. You're, you're on the other side of a plexiglass barrier mm-hmm. and he's wearing a mask. The other person that's checking out is at the far end of the checkout stand. Like they're 10 feet away. Are you kidding me? Like, what does it matter? So I took my basket, set it on the ground in between us and said, and took a couple more steps back and said, well, I'm not handing this to you then, <laughs> you know, like you can pick it up. <laughs> uh, and then, so then they start bagging my stuff and I see they're wearing gloves and the guy says, oh. or I, I see them putting the stuff into my bag and, and I say, uh, well, did you guys change your gloves before you started touching my, my products there? Good. Mm-hmm. And they say, no, we use sanitizer. And I go, mm. well, if the sanitizer is so effective, then why are you wearing gloves? Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, it doesn't make any sense. And, and they're like, Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> it, I don't know. You know. It's just people. It's just irrationality that no one oh. actually understands what's going on. And, and it, it drives me insane. Well, I, I'm, I'm ready for it to be. Done. Um, <laughs> Whitmer's order. That's the governor of our state. We have a new governor. Now her order is so like arbitrary in terms of what and what not to do. They actually, they sent everybody in the state of Amber were saying that you can make a homemade mask and that'll protect you from the virus. And I, I think that's the biggest world of shit that I've ever heard. Of course it is. I don't know. Well, they're, I'll they're, say this. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. They're, they're all full of shit. I mean, I, I have it. You know, I, I put it in one of my shows on, I think it was March 8th. Uh, you know, America's doctor, Tony Fauci, was on 60 Minutes, and the guy asked him twice, what about masks? No, you don't need, no, we don't need no masks. No, nobody needs masks. No masks. You know, fucking March 28th. What was that, uh, 20 days later? Oh, yeah, we're looking, we're looking at the mask very seriously. That might be the way to go to mask. Get fucked. You know, these people are, they, they just, they need to, they need the, uh, what, the ice bucket challenge, except with, uh, you know, icy piss poured over their heads. It's intolerable. It really is. Well, the way I always looked at this virus from the beginning, Larry, I'm already crippled. So I don't think my health can get any worse than it is. So this I'm going to have listen, a good time. This is, why, this is why you need to be a fucking internet star, CJ. I swear to God, you really, really do. If you don't make it, I'll have to kill you. Okay, you have to get you. You have to um, get you. But yeah, I've I'm I've been in the chair all my life already, so I don't really think I can decline from there. So I'm just gonna have a good time with this. And if you have a problem with that, you can fuck off. That's kinda how... oh. But um, we do. It is time for church to commence. So, yes. Larry, do you want to yeah. start out with the sermon? Um, sure, I'll start out with the sermon. I forget to school me on the format. So, you do, do you, does the does the biblical quote start first, or uh, so? No, we more? actually will end with a biblical. We'll okay. end with the quote from the Bible. Okay, because I right. can't Where's... say biblical. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we end with the quote, and um, I usually let the guests do their sermon first. All right, here's my sermon. Um, You know, you don't have to be a Bible scholar to look at this and think, holy shit, this is the fulfillment 
of the apocalyptic prophecies because the next fucking thing will be mandatory vaccines for everybody. That's coming, right? And if that isn't the mark of the beast, I don't know what is. So this is the final thing. You know, it's... Okay, and look at... Oh, I hate to interrupt. Interrupt, um, please. It's your show. No, no, no. I had a... um, One of my old school teachers called me. She's a very nice old lady. She called me and she told me that Bill Gates was going to microchip people and she uh, warned me mm-hmm. that this was going to happen. I don't know what you guys think about that, but I thought it was pretty uh, funny. I don't know if he's actually trying to microchip people. That oh, being yeah. said, I d- did hear that he wants to vaccinate people, and I'm not sure if I would trust a vaccination from Bill Gates. Oh, listen, uh, there's another podcast that I listen to a lot, and you know, I'm just going to be bold and, and plug it here. It's called No Agenda, and it's this guy, Adam Curry, who was one of the original MTVJs a thousand years ago, but he really gets beneath the bullshit in the headlines. And he has these phenomenal clips he digs up, and there it is. I mean, it's definitely Bill Gates and that Kermit the Frog voice of his saying, we need to vaccinate every single person on the planet, and unless we do, this won't be over. You know, So, yeah, that is his fucking intent, and he is deep into that financially. Um, and, yeah, that's your, your, your teacher is dead right, man. She may be an old lady, but she knows what time it is. That's what they want. Oh, yeah. She called me because I told her that um, we always got into this argument that I told her that Hillary Clinton was evil. And she called me to tell me that I was right because she said uh, Hillary Clinton endorsing these uh, microchip vaccines makes her evil. So that was a fun conversation I had yesterday. But I'm sorry to interrupt. Continue your sermon. No, that's that. That's basically it, man. I mean, it's uh, like I gotta say. I mean, I do this, you know. Like you said, I do Sinner Sunday, and uh, you know, I believe in God and all these things. And I've always kind of been skeptical of this, you know, pop apocalypse. Excuse me, apocalyptic predictions. But my God, this is this is so beyond the pale. It's like holy shit. I mean, this is. I, I can't believe what's happened to the planet, and uh, and people are just going along with everything, you know. Like, I'll give you an example. A buddy of mine is a pretty, uh, well, you know, highly placed guy at one of the studios here in town. And he hates all this shit. He hates Bill Gates. He, he thinks they're all full of shit and so on and so forth. But, hey, he's got, a, he's got a big house. He's got four kids. He's got bills coming out his ass. And if that studio says, hey, man, you want to come back to work, take this vaccine, what do you think he's going to say, say and do? No, I'll starve. I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I'll become a busker in fucking Santa Monica, play harmonica or something. No, they're going to have people over the barrel and people are going to say yes. And that, just to add to that point, the fact that he doesn't have a choice, I kind of find it weird that all the people that are this pro vaccine, pro Bill Gates vaccine are the same people that say, abortion is your body your choice but they want you to put a vaccine in your body without uh you having to say so yeah yeah (laughs) and in a real odd twist of irony um one of the guys that's sort of uh sounding the alarm most greatest volume 
is uh, this uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. guy, whatever the hell he is. I mean, he is he is uh, he is all over Gates' shit. Um, he's just outright called him an evil fraud, and he is he is he's ringing the alarm bell about this as loudly as he can. I never thought it would come from a Kennedy, but he's doing it. God bless. Man, if a Kennedy calls you evil, that must be one <laughs> exactly. hell of a reality check. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> So, who knows where it all But, uh, no, that's a great sermon, and it has to do a lot with mine, which is um, fake old outrage. And do you, are you guys aware of what this is? Yes. So we, I'm, I'm not. So you are, we obviously live in an outrage culture where mm-hmm. you can take a soundbite and you can ruin people's lives and cancel their career over something that they said out of context. That's a thing that we're aware of. But they're doing this thing now where they're taking old clips from years ago and they're uh, repurposing them on Twitter. And I saw this in particular with uh, Alec Tebeck. There was a nerd on his show, and she was talking about how she likes like nerd rap music. I believe she called it nerdcore, which yeah. I've never heard of that until this clip that I saw. But she said that it was about people rapping about math or whatever, and Alex Tebeck completely owns this lady. And she says, oh, it's uh, ro- losers rapping, in other words. Um, I-, I thought it was hilarious. But um, <clears throat> if you look in the comment thread of that video, you have people saying shit like, I don't care if Tabrak has cancer. He shouldn't be able to say that kind of shit. And there's people actually trying to cancel Alex Tebeck because they're mad about being called a nerd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which which tells and, um, you this, this this virus hasn't uh, become nearly as lethal as it as it needs to be if people are getting bent out of shape over shit like that from five years ago. Well, exactly. Even if you don't believe the virus per se, you can't deny that we're going through a. Uh, economic collapse that could possibly lead to a recession and some wars like we don't know what the future holds so for people to be mad over a clip this is this clip by the way was in 2015 so it's five years old it wasn't even a recent episode of jeopardy it was a rerun that uh had already been on so to me that's just crazy that uh, there's a bunch of nerds on Twitter that are worried about being called nerds when you literally have people who aren't working right now. Oh yeah. Hey, you're you're a college student, right? CJ, what do you what's your major? What's your thing? Uh marketing. Marketing. Okay, that's cool. Um, because I think I think partly is is uh, you know everything the entire educational system in the country these days is stem focused right and i think that the vast majority of people that come out of that system have no fucking clue about history and they hear recession depression doesn't mean anything to them 
nothing at all. And you're so right, man. We are in a recession. If it arcs into a depression, guess what, kiddies? Um, the Great Depression was, it is what triggered World War II. Shit like that fucks the world up. Worse than a virus, but they don't get that. Well, you're absolutely right about school, especially college. I mean, I've been in a um, writing class where we we didn't do a lot of writing. It was mostly the teacher would give political opinions. And I can only imagine that's worse for like really liberal states like California, like you guys are in. But there's teachers that will just not do a curriculum and they will do like they'll give their opinion. And I sit through it, to be honest with you, because 99% of what you learn in college is bullshit anyway. So the more time we argue about the wall or whatever issue you have your hot take on, the less time I'll be doing busy work. <laughs> yeah. Well, That's I'm, the I'm way I have always looked at it. Have you been do, have you been doing Zoom classes, CJ, or has it just been shut down, or what's what's the drill for you? So when it shut down, we um the only Zoom class we had was um business class, and that was because my other teachers are boomers and they don't know how computers work. So nobody wow. did a Zoom class except for this one business teacher. And the rest of it was basically assignments where they would list a question and then you would go on Google, hit copy, and then hit paste, and then turn it in. (laughs) And the teachers don't even read what you turn in. So I'm pretty sure they gave up as well. Yeah. Well, I got a strong suspicion that they're going to be the ones uh, hard perhaps hardest hit when this whole thing sort of shakes out because you think about outside of something that's highly technical, you know, uh, uh, medicine, chemistry, shit where, you, where it's hands-on, you need a lab, you need to be there, right? If Because my kids are now doing Zoom classes. They're both out of school thanks to this this insanity. And uh, when, when people find out, uh, gee, uh, I guess I don't need to pay incredible amounts of money for my kid to sit in a fucking lecture hall when they can get the exact same thing on their laptop. I'll bet you enrollment is going to plummet, man, all over the country. And a lot of these assholes are going to be looking for work. Well, well um, my personal opinion is, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. It's, so I, I ended up, I won't go into the full backstory, but I, I earned my IT degree online, which I always say, yeah, that's probably the best one to, to earn online. Uh, yeah. you definitely don't want your, your surgeon having an online degree. Um, but right. Like there's no point in enrolling and paying all that money. I think my degree costs a fraction of what everyone, uh, it, it basically cost me. I spent one year going to school down in San Diego. It was like mm-hmm. almost 30 grand for that one year yeah. in a, a brick and mortar college. Right. Uh, it's basically what I spent to get my online degree. Um, and after I got my degree, my salary, uh, got a new job and basically doubled. So, Uh, Just saying, like, it is, in a lot of ways, it can be beneficial. Therefore, yeah, why why spend just, I don't know, 100000 or 200000 or whatever it ends up costing to go to a brick-and-mortar school uh, when you don't need to? (laughs) 
Well, I just want to add how uh, stupid and worthless Coward is. Now, I'm thankfully I'm on a uh, scholarship because I am able to play the cripple card, much like black people <laughs> play the black people card. I um I use my disability to get money, and it it is awesome. I'm not gonna lie, but um. <laughs> I will say to you, for $30,000 a year, the coolest and the most important piece of information that I learned was in an American jazz class, and it was uh, Louis Armstrong. He invented scanning. That, to this day, is the most important thing I've learned from any college class. <laughs> Louis invented what? He invented scatting. You know oh, what scatting yeah, yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. scatting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Using your I got a voice to Armstrong sound like a trumpet. Here's yeah, a Louis, Louis Armstrong, Armstrong invented that. Here's a funny story about Louis. Okay. Um, that guy um, had a mansion, a rock throw from where I went to school in New York, right? And he he spent, I don't know, like hundreds of thousands of dollars on his master bathroom all up the, the uh, faucets were, you know, gold and crazy. And so he had this, he had this obsession. He was a big pothead. He would say he was like stoned every day of his life. And he had an obsession with uh, taking a dump. And uh, for some reason he got addicted to this laxative called Swiss Chris. Right. And he would, he would eat this <laughs> stuff like they were Hershey's kisses or whatever. So he could, so he could unload every day. And, <laughs> supposedly he was he was in fucking england right he did a concert for the queen of england and then there was this big dinner and they sat there and he takes out his his swiss chrises which looked a lot like candy you know wrapped in foil kind of pretty whatever and it's a fucking laxative it's basically x-lax and he puts them on the table and the queen just grabs one and pops it in her mouth and says oh these are delicious and like three minutes later, she's out of the room on a rocket because she's having diarrhea. That's, That's awesome. Story. Yeah, and and Louis Louis uh, his his motto his life motto was leave it all behind you. <laughs> See what you just told me there—that story that I learned on a podcast that I'm doing for twenty bucks a week—is more interesting and useful than any knowledge that I've learned in the college. <laughs> it's so true. Uh, that's oh, amazing. Man. Yeah, but um, yeah, um. I, I find it crazy that there's people, I thought one positive thing that this virus would do, real or not, whether you think it's real or not, um, I thought it would take the bitchiness out of American society, which, like, I thought it would help us realize what our priorities are, and people would stop complaining on Twitter about what they're offended by, but um, I was proven wrong once again. So, well, I would like to say that I think that there was a downtick in in you know people getting upset about being called the wrong pronoun or or you know things that I'm kind of like yeah, but no one's no one's being offensive to you on purpose. No one's no one's being derogatory intentionally. So get over it. Um, but now that people by the have been way, if you up for have a, while, a 
I want to say this. If you have a pronoun, I am being derogatory intentionally <laughs> because I don't do that shit. Well, <laughs> Well, and like I'd be, I'm fine trying to be respectful. Someone wants something, whatever. But like, if you just accidentally call someone something that's wrong, you know, come on. Statistically, like a lot of people look a certain way, and you're going to call them that. So get over it. But because people have been cooped up for the last however many weeks, depending on the area you're in, uh, I believe that people are just getting frustrated and annoyed to the point where they are looking for anything to complain about, like (laughs) anything at all, even though. I mean, if you think about it, we're talking first world problems here. Like, oh my God, I'm so tired of being indoors with my thousands of dollars in electronics and all this, you know, streaming content, unlimited podcasts and stuff. Not that it still doesn't suck, but I mean, it could be a lot worse. Just saying. You know, I said to my mom just now, I said, I can only watch so many videos of Jesse Wee Peterson before it gets repetitive. (laughs) So I, I relate to that. I'm, uh, I think we're all going through. I really have a problem with the people that complain to the public about it, I guess. <laughs> and what I don't like. Yeah, well, I'd say we've failed as a society if we don't have enough uh, cat videos that we've we've accumulated over the last 20 years to keep us entertained for a few weeks. <laughs> I think the new cat video, because everybody wanted to, like, throw their phone up against the wall when the cat video craze was booming. Mm -hmm. I think the new cat video craze are these nurses performing uh, (laughs) like choreographed dance sequences. I'm uh, I'm already tired of that. Yeah, so sick of that shit. And I just saw Mm -hmm. one this morning. They did a, a reenactment of The Last Supper all in their scrubs and masks. Like, what the fuck? Come on. Oh, yeah. Nothing proves to the world. People are already doubting that you're an essential worker. So let's prove that to them by reenacting a scene from Titanic. That'll tell them how important we are. Right. And and busy, by the way. You know, because you just slap something like that together in, what, 30, 40 seconds. That's all it takes. (laughs) not <laughs> so yeah, yeah. well but, maybe um, what the world really is i think i think you know what cj i think i think this virus is not nearly enough i think that if what, what you're looking for the readjustment the realignment of priorities this planet needs a fucking meteor strike really like something the size of texas banging into yeah. it. that that'll straighten shit out or you know, just wait, just wait eighteen months until there's famine and starvation from the from the depression. That that could fucking. That you know, I really do think if we have a recession and a war, possibly war mm-hmm. is obviously bad. You don't need yep. to be a scholar to figure that out. But I do think that if we have real conflict in this country again, that we might get our priorities straight because yeah. and. The World War Two times, right when we were fighting Hitler in Japan, we weren't worried about uh, what pronoun you wanted to be called. There was no X or Zers or anything like that. So, I I do think there is something to that. I obviously don't want people to die for no reason, but there is uh, 
there is something to say that our whole culture has been we we've just turned into betas, and just totally. as Wheat Peterson likes to say, he's right. I mean, what's that old adage? Uh, um, easy times make soft men, or whatever. And and this this country has basically uh, been without any real hardship for what 70, 80 years, a long long ass time, and people have forgotten how tough life can be. So um, yeah, we'll see. But uh, yeah, we've been going. How long have we been going? I think it's been what twenty, thirty. What? Oh, on the show? Wanna, yeah, yeah, I don't want to overdo it. I tend yeah. to ramble on for I got too long. Twenty-eight minutes then, on my uh, audacity. Yeah, same here. Oh, all right. Well, we got a minute. Um, I um, I don't know if. How do you feel about? government deciding what is essential and what is not in terms of businesses well because it's it's really weird over here i don't know how it is and well it's totally weird and it's totally outrageous but i'll I'll tell you something a step farther there's a guy you know you're a fan of the dick show and i'm sure you've heard that cartoonist doug tenaple right the earthworm jim guy on oh yeah all right very cool guy and so I do this thing with him every few months with him and Nick Ricada and another nice dude named Ty Beard called the, the Chad Dads. And it's on Nick's live stream. Okay. And we did one a little over a week ago. And we were talking about the ex- this the exact same thing. And the, the very question that you just raised sort of came up. And Doug just sort of like, it's, usually it's just a laugh fest. You know, we're drinking, we're just back slapping and whatever. And suddenly, man, it took a dark turn. When Doug says, well, you know, it's, it's more than just business. Let me tell you about my situation. And he said, he has a malignant melanoma on his face that has to be cut out. And, and we're like, whoa, how big is it? I'm thinking it's like a fucking mole, you know, fre- freckle or something. No, basically, they're going to carve out about a third of his face. Okay? Okay, wow. Thing, yeah, he said the thing measured like two by four inches and they got to go in. I don't know how deep. It's bad. Okay. And... He can't, he can't A, get this done, and B, even more importantly, get the fucking biopsy so he can find out if it's going into his lymph nodes, okay? Because it's not considered by the state of Tennessee. It's elective surgery. Okay, you don't really need that. We got to take care of the Rona first, okay? The, the, the mortality rate for once it's in the lymph glands is 65%, okay? As opposed to the fucking Rona, which is less than 1%. So, yeah, the business thing is really bad, but people, a lot of people, how many people, like thousands, maybe tens of thousands of people are in exactly his position saying, being told, no, nope, you chill, you take your cancer, you hold back. Rona is all we're dealing with right now. Take a number on your cancer. That is fucked. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I've had knee surgeries and things like that, and I can't imagine uh, the amount of stress it would put on my family and me if I had to do something like that during this. Yeah. So um, that's, that's happening all across the country. So people are, you know, the assholes in the media who are totally down with the government bootleg and kumbaya and all their bullshit, okay, when they show the protesting people, they make sure to, you know, focus, focus on some idiot who's saying, you know, I, I need to get a haircut or I want to get I want to get a fucking pedicure. Yeah. No, no, no. The people that are protesting, man, they want to feed their fucking kids. Okay. 
They're that, that's what they want. And if this shit continues, you know, they're talking about right now we're at depression level unemployment. Okay. Um, when they, when it's time to, to go back to work, there won't be any work. There won't be a fucking job. I, I got friends that own restaurants. They've gone tits up all their staff. Yeah. Would be, they're, they're, it's not, it's not like they come back and, oh, here we go. Let's go again. No, they're out of fucking yeah. business. Okay. It's not a switch. You don't flip it. It's not a switch. Exactly. I, um, I play poker with a bunch of business owners myself, and I'm wondering how they are doing because one is a landscaper, and I can't imagine you're doing any landscaping because mm-hmm. nobody will show up to work. And then the other one is a mechanic shop owner, which I don't know how LA is, but there's not really that many cars on the road here. So I couldn't imagine people coming in for an oil change either because you can't drive anywhere. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. I mean, they're open for whatever reason. Oddly, mechanics places are open in LA, but yeah, nobody's on the road. Look at, you know, oil is now at negative numbers. They'll pay you $37 a barrel (laughs) to take it off their hands. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) Uh, that's crazy. It's well, if you do look into, obviously the definition of essential is pretty ambiguous. Um, yes. but if you start diving into what it is, um, so I, I work in Northern California, the construction, uh, but live in agricultural area. And, mm-hmm. you know, f- as soon as it's all hit and my County and a lot of them in the Bay area and everything did their shelter in place directive, we started kind of diving into, wait, why are there still so many people out? And again, everyone wanted to stretch the definition because, well, they don't want to stop working. And honestly, a lot of them were probably saying, "Mm, I'll take my chances. Like, I'm not that Mm -hmm. scared of this thing. But uh, so there were a number of businesses that also did shut down. Um, And and kind of in this area, there was, you know, like a couple couple blocks down. You got like this place that's kind of like a welding shop. Um, And at first I was like, why are they still open? And then I go, Mm -hmm. oh, well, they're they're building trailers that haul the produce. I mean, you got to still deliver food, but, Mm -hmm. but just at first glance, you think, why are they still working? And then Mm -hmm. when you start really diving into how we're, our infrastructure is built, I mean, obviously telecommunications, you can't just not have those people go to work. You know, we have PG&E over here, Pacific Gas and Electric, our, our, you know, utilities, like they can't just not show up, you know, and then it extends. And I, I, I mean, I'm shooting from the hip here, but man, you could almost make a case that at least like 75% of the country is essential at least. Uh, yeah, depending on, you know, again, loose definition, but that's, what's so interesting is there, it's almost like, how do we have no protocol for this? How's no one ever sat down and said, Hey, you are essential. You are just have some sort of quick designation for this stuff and, and make this, I don't know. There's, there's no action plan. Like uh, me and my company didn't have some COVID-19 action plan, but we have action plans for other stuff and we're all making those on the fly. But it's like, I mean, how much money and time does the government have in these useless branches that couldn't have designated somebody to come up with some sort of an action plan for here comes some virus. Uh, How deadly is it? You know, flip to that, you know, flip to page 13 and there's your, (laughs) there's your, your answer. Here's what we do. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you one essential business that at least my state has not uh, labeled essential and it is uh, poker rooms and, state state enforced gambling i haven't been able to play cards in like five weeks and it's driving me insane and the way i look at it is right i have a gambling problem and there's a lot of alcoholics in this country well 
the alcoholics can go to a grocery store and buy whatever you want to buy. And there, hell, there's even some liquor stores that are open. It's few and far between, but there's even some liquor stores that are open, and you can go and uh, buy booze and booze yourself up. But I'm not able to gamble. I think it is, uh, I don't use the word offended a lot, but I'm personally offended that the government puts alcoholics above gambling addicts. <laughs> I, I would think we're on equal footing because a lot of that is interchangeable. Yeah, but, they kind of go hand in hand, really. Yeah. I know this guy, uh, say you're not, his, he's reformed now, he doesn't drink anymore. But when he used to drink, he was unstoppable. Like, I don't think I've ever seen him walk <laughs> home with no money in his pocket. Hmm. <laughs> so now you he was your... always poor because the women that he would mess with stole his money. Oh. But yeah, he is, he is a great poker player. Um, and he probably listened to the podcast. So if you're hearing this, come Monday. Um. I miss you, buddy. We but, need to get um, you playing cards poker with uh, James Woods, CJ. How about that? Yeah. He's, you know? um, I, have you guys ever seen the World Poker Tour? Do you know what that is? Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. So he is on, he's actually on World Poker Tour all the time, James mm-hmm. Woods. Yeah. Very yeah. cool guy. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I love his Twitter, and he was. He's good in a lot of movies. I know he's probably never going to act again for some of the oh, things no. that he's tweeted. But oh, he's toast. His career is over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but he's, I don't think he uh, he's he great. Yeah, I think he saved his dough. I, don't, I think he's got his fuck you money in the bank. There's lots of it. God bless him. Well, and as much as the liberals hate him, I don't think I've seen any stories saying that James Woods molested people. So no, yeah. One of the rare people, and uh, I just saw a thing that uh, it said Willie just sent a bunch of money to Joe Biden's campaign. I don't know why he's doing that, by the way. He doesn't have to pretend to be Democrat because he's already been outcasted for jacking off in front of strangers. But (laughs) um, I guess from one old pervert to another. I guess is how he's doing it. <laughs> well, you know what they've the first thing that James James Woods did that got him on the shit list is I think I think he's like in his mid or late sixties, and he is I don't know if he married her or was his, he's a girlfriend that's like in her mid twenties who's really smoking. So that's that's cardinal sin number one. How dare you? How dare you? You know, date some hot chick? You know, you can't do that. Even though she's an adult, but no, unbelievable. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's weird the double standard they have, right? Because it is. I'm a fan of I'm a fan of Woody Allen. I'll say that. I know a lot of people hate his movies. I like the movie that he makes, right? But this guy is clearly a pedophile and James Woods is just dating a hot chick who's younger than him. Yeah. It's legal. She's right. 20 years old. It's not like you marry your daughter when she's mm-hmm. 17, like mm-hmm. Woody Allen did. 
I don't know, man. I just it's weird that their people can do what they hate, but if their people do it, it's fine. Total double standard for sure. For sure. I I always said I would be good in the entertainment, but I don't You are uh, entertainment, man. Yeah. Yeah, I do podcasting. I've always wanted to do a um I've been working on scripts i'm actually probably gonna crank them out over the summertime but i don't virtue signal enough to get on the jimmy kimmel's and the promotional tours so i don't know how i would do but i'm gonna give it a shot well maybe we'll get that poker game set up with you and and james woods and you could uh resurrect his career you guys could collaborate on some stuff I can yeah. maybe talk to Make a Wish about it. I can send him an email. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, CJ, you've got you do have you know. I mean, the wheelchair thing is a very powerful card to play, and that does provide mm-hmm. a hell of a lot of cover for you with these chooches, you know. And that's yeah. It's um, I've said this on a podcast before. So it's going to be repetitive for the listeners, but I'll say it to you. I actually have a strategy for poker that involves the wheelchair. It is called downing. That's what I call the strategy. And the basis of it is, is I will act retarded on purpose. Like I'll forget to pay my blinds and I'll forget. I'll forget who. Uh, That's amazing. Whose turn it is. I'll act out of turn. And then when I make a big bet, right? Like when I make a bet, like 200 bucks on the turn card, they're going to call me because they think, oh, look at him. He's drooling on himself. He's a retard. He doesn't have anything. And the bam, you just lost three hundred dollars right there. So <laughs> I um I know when to use it for sure. But uh, I need to. We we need to have a conversation about this. So so I say this is um I recently became twenty five percent Asian uh, after my dad took a you know twenty three and me or whatever uh, oh, DNA wow. test. So it was a big surprise. So used to just be white, you know, just white guy. So, uh, and this is my thing is like, ultimately this, it doesn't change anything for me. Right. That's why I think racism is stupid. All of a sudden, if I can claim this, that like, oh wait, now I'm a minority. And what, how are Asians a minority? Like anyway, there's a bazillion of them and they're all smart. And like, I mean, the, the, the stereotypes are that they're intelligent anyway. Um, but I, I, you know, have never used that to my advantage. So, uh, CJ, maybe we'll have to you'll have to give me some tips on how I can. Uh, utilize oh, absolutely! Them. Now that you're twenty five percent Asian, yeah. now that yeah. you're twenty five percent Asian, what I would recommend that you do for your children when you try to get them into education and whatnot is just tape uh, tape uh, take a piece of tape and put it on their uh, eyes. That way, they their eyes look more slanted. Therefore, they are uh, underprivileged, or whatever well, you want to call it. Maybe, maybe I do that at night, so it like yeah. it, you know what I mean. It's like training uh, trainers, if you will, so that when they wake up, you can take them off and you know, go through the day. It's like like wearing a, a retainer at night, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's for your teeth. So if I just tape their eyes 
at night, then <laughs> over time, we look more and more Asian. I think we're onto something here. <laughs> yeah, you, know you got to give them bowl haircuts and make them eat with chopsticks on purpose. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have a buddy had same thing happen to him, right? He, he thought he was like almost 100% Polish, right? Didn't look remotely. He looked very Polish. He didn't look Asian at all. And he took that and found out he was 22%, right? Wow. And then he dug around and he told me um, an interesting factoid in that something like 2% of the world's population is related to Genghis Khan. That guy laid a lot of pipe back in the day. Oh, yeah. He did a lot of pillaging for sure. Yeah. I didn't do one of those tests, but I found out from my grandma that I am German and uh, French. So that means I'm a Nazi that smells bad. So that was... I can, I can cook really well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have, uh, I have a culinary sense. But um, I, um, I do miss cards more than anything in the world. And I hope yeah. that the world opens up again yeah. so I can so play there, cards. I'm a gambling idiot. Um, CJ, but is there no, I mean, if you can do video games on Twitch, can't you play cards with other guys online or is that not? So you can, there is, there are sites online, but the problem is that I was going to bring this in for a rage, like when I call into the dick show, because it's been on my mind a lot. But the problem is that the dumb fuck politicians made it illegal for any company based in the States to do gambling so you have to do your gambling with companies that are based in china and the problem with that is there's a bunch of hidden fees that they don't tell you about like um for example if i put 50 dollars in which is what i usually do at a time i put 50 dollars in at a time if i wanted to make money back i would have to have 200 in my bankroll because the fees to send it over back to America in the form of a check, it's like $150 just to send it over. Wow. So I do not, I would not recommend, I've done it just to throw money away because mm-hmm. I'm bored, but I do real, really small amounts. But if you're actually looking to like, build up a bankroll, I would not recommend that you do it online. And one of the things that I've lost all respect for him as a human being now, but one of the things that I was behind Andrew Yang on is he was the only candidate who um, was in favor of allowing American-based companies, so like casinos and stuff, to have websites to gamble on Hmm. and um that is it's the worst thing about being a gambler is that the government is so especially michigan we have a regular we have an agency that regulates the charity rooms and whatnot and i was actually talking to my favorite dealer because i i'm in business and marketing school right and i was pondering about opening up a poker room because I love I love gambling more than anything. I have a yeah. good understanding of it. And it is crazy. They literally change the rules like every two days. So 
Uh, the last time we were there, probably four weeks ago, right? When the last time I was in there, and um, we were allowed to keep records on computers. So that means when you come in and you say, oh, "Hi, I would like to buy in for two hundred dollars," they write your name in the spreadsheet. And they write how much you buy in for, and then what your seat number is. You, for some reason, uh, the state government made it to where you're not allowed to um, keep it on electronic records. So now these poor old ladies who run these veteran charities and whatnot, they have to slave themselves all day and they have to write down how much you buy in by hand. Like they have to actually write it down. Wow. And there's just, there's things like that that the government does for no foreseeable reason. And it just happens all the time. After I learned that, I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't open a poker room because I'm not a lawyer. Yeah. God. But uh, it's crazy. I've never had the itch more than I do right now. So for my (laughs) sake, I hope the world opened up again really <laughs> i hope so too just for your sake <laughs> yes i want to um, invest in you i want to be your wingman in these things and kind of buy in and, and watch you do your thing it's there really is fun. a it's <laughs> actually called staking larry if you um i i have pondered on making a you stake account but yeah. i am also a boomer when it comes to computers so i'm not I wasn't sure exactly how to make one, but that today is how pro players make money. They do what's called staking, which basically means I invest in you as a player, and the more money you invest, the more of a percentage you would get from the winnings. That's very cool. Or if you're like a corporate sponsor, like, say, Red Bull, because a lot of energy drinks sponsor poker tournaments. So, say, Red Bull came up to me and was like, Cripple Jesus, we want we want you to be our guy. So, instead of giving me, instead of asking for equity, they would just recommend that I uh, put the Red Bull logo on the back of my chair or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I would get paid that way. Which, by the way, Red Bull, if you want to do that when the world opens up again, you can just DM me at Cripple Jesus on Twitter. We'll work something out. You know what I I recently heard? You probably know this, but I was shocked. You know that that radio guy, Michael Savage? Right? I haven't heard. No. He's he's not in every market, but he's been around forever. But his kid is a billionaire, and and he, he founded Rockstar. Which I get was I guess is like an answer to Red Bull, right? Pretty pretty impressive. But what? Wow. Let me ask you: What could? What does a, a you know a championship poker? You know, what do these guys make? What are the superstars of poker? What kind of coin do they pull down doing that? So, um, my favorite player is uh, Phil Hellmuth. I uh, I don't know if you guys know who that is, but he did a video breaking down how much money you actually make when you are in the world series of poker so the prize is the prize is uh 1.2 million 
and you put a um I think the buy-in is a hundred thousand. Okay. So that you subtract that from your from your uh profit already. You're at one point one million. And he said with the staking you give up about six hundred thousand of what you win. Okay. Wow. So if you were to win the World Series of Poker even though that the prize is 1.2 million, you would, uh, on a first place, you would come home with something like 700,000. Wow. Yeah, but then you factor in taxes. So you'd, you'd take home right. half of the earnings, That's which right. is 600. And almost, you, you actually get 100. <laughs> like, yeah. almost all poker players are like staunch Republicans just because of the taxes. Because <laughs> gambling, so, yeah. especially. Is uh the taxes on your gambling winnings, even in like casinos, even if you win small time, like fifty dollars, it's absurd. Yeah. yeah. So so big time poker players are like boxers. Once you once you factor or extract all the goddamn hangers on and training and bullshit, those prizes are whittled down to <laughs> a fraction. Wow. They're more like boxers, you would think, because I've yeah. I've played with guys that drink so much uh, Don Julio that they basically have CTE you now. So <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff, Don Julio. Oh yeah, um, I'm I'm more of a uh, Maker's Mark guy. That is my favorite brand of apple juice because I don't drink alcohol because I'm underage and it's yes. morally wrong, of course. Yeah. Yes. But, um, yeah, nice. I just got to, we just recorded, uh, on Thursday, our, our latest episode, one Oh three, but, um, or one Oh four, I don't even know anymore. Uh, but we ended up doing one where I had a buddy that gave me, um, a, a number of different things to try. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was insolente, um, uh, tequila. That was, mm-hmm. that was really good. But he also had some Maker's Mark. And then he had some Maker's Mark that's from the same bottle that he had put into uh, a custom cask um, for like two and a half years. Um, and that tasted insanely good. I, I couldn't believe mm-hmm. it. Um, but then he also gave me some Johnny Walker Blue Label and some Balveni 30 uh, Year. So that was like some, for me, super high roller stuff. Um, but holy smokes, it ruined me. Like I, mm-hmm. I went in the store the other day, I for some bourbon, and I was like, yeah, like that Belveni 30 years, like you can't find it online for less than a thousand bucks a bottle. <laughs> and like, wow. I, I mean, just saying, I'm looking at it in the store and there's, you know, a hundred different bottles of bourbons and whiskeys and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, these all look like trash. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> as in, not, not that I like can afford thousand dollar bottles all the time or anything, but like, I, I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. kind of. I've kind heard of people say that um, I don't drink. Uh, cognac, I don't like the taste of it. But I've heard people say that people who have had Louis the Thirteenth, they say that it's so good that you can't go back to any. Like if yeah. you try to drink another brand, it it's trash in comparison. And there's people that yeah yeah. <laughs> so Ray, Ray has um, become a booze snob. <laughs> yeah, like just after one day, a couple couple ounces, and I'm like, that shit's beneath me. <laughs> so everybody is an alcoholic during the quarantine. Yeah, so yeah. I would like to push forward a uh, 
I think it is my greatest invention, to be quite honest with you. I think it's the best thing that I've ever contributed to society. You take a shot of Maker's Mark apple juice, of course. There's no alcoholic content in any of this. And you mix it with cream soda. And I've called it a dirty cripple because I've named it after myself. And I think it is the most fantastic drink on the planet. I'm going to try that. Would root beer be a good substitute for the cream soda? I mean, they're very close, right? I think, um, personally, I like the creaminess of the cream soda. I think it blends best with the... um, I think it blends best with the bourbon. But if you wish to try root beer you probably could and it would still taste good it doesn't matter what cream soda you use but i would recommend uh nw yeah i like that better than barks too and what's the ratio cj to this oh i i don't make the drinks because i um <laughs> i i'm too i fumble a lot so i would okay. probably break more bottles than i actually drink so I just say, can I have a drink? And sometimes it's more bourbon and sometimes it's more cream soda. But each time it tastes good. Well, that's the sign of a good concoction when yeah. the ratios can fluctuate a little bit, but it still tastes wonderful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think with that, is that's really the best place we can end on. So I do have a Bible verse for you guys today this is from uh matthew 17 4 let me open the bible here it says uh i quote being asexual is not real you are just ugly and nobody will fuck you so you're trying to make yourself feel better by saying you don't want to fuck anyway Man, that's so weird. I did Bible quizzing when I was younger, and Matthew, Matthew's the book was one of the the books that we uh, had for a year, and I don't remember that one. But uh, well, maybe, maybe God is on, maybe God <laughs> has tried tender during the quarantine. <laughs> maybe I know that's definitely not uh, the King James version. I, I know they're always that. coming out with new versions of Bible. Yeah, right? so yeah. probably in a new, new Testament. New Testament. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Larry, thank you so much for uh, coming on. <laughs> thank you for having me. It's always do you have? Do you have anything to plug for the people? Uh, just, uh, you know, the usual show. Go to thatlarryshow.com and have a listen. Fantastic. It's a great um, it's a great show. And I'd be lying if I didn't say your second show, Center Sunday, has a great influence on my show. Cool. I'm a huge fan of that show. Thank you. Glad you did. And, uh... This has been Holy Rollers, and until next week, sin on sinners. Late in the hop joints, taking the pill. In walked the sheriff from Jericho Hill. He said, Willie Lee, your name is not Jack Brown. You're the dirty hop that shot your woman down. <laughs>